Welcome to Bugs and Beards, the podcast home for everything fly fishing and fly tying. Kick back as we sit down and talk with some of your favorite fly tires and fishermen while we discuss with them the tips and techniques they've learned on the river and behind the vice so that you can use those lessons learned to make your time more effective. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Bugs and Beard podcast. That's uh, me and Pat in the studio here today doing the podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, We're going to talk about fly tying today. And uh, one thing last year, we kind of stayed away from that, did a lot more fishing topics. And, uh, you know, but I'm a tire, Pat's a tire, we're both fishermen, but, you know, we really cut our teeth into tying before we got heavy into the fishing and stuff like that. So it's kind of more what we like to talk about and and there's a lot of benefits to tying and that's what we're going to discuss today on why you should tie your own flies and uh of course the age-old is it worth it tying your own (laughs) flies and and you know what you can learn from it so i I think it's going to be a good topic how do you feel about it oh no doubt i know that the first year i had met you and your dad and i had got into it i enjoyed tying as much as mm-hmm. going fishing. I mean, it had the same ranking and ranked right up there as fishing. So I still enjoy it. Yeah, I know there's there are people out there, and I know a few of them who just enjoy to tie and don't even really don't fish, even don't fish. even fish at all, yeah. just enjoy the tying of it. And there, there's guys that tie flies that will never see water, you know, salmon fly guys, and, and those flies are – hummingbirds yeah seeing hummingbirds <laughs> oh yeah joe and oh, pat man. cohen and them guys you know some of the creations they come up with is just incredible yes so i mean there's a there's an art there's oh, an yeah. art to this and uh that's one thing that's really cool about it too is man i if you ever off topic but fly time related if you ever get to new brunswick you got to go to miramichi to the miramichi river and uh well, it's actually Doke Town is the town it's in, but it's the Atlantic Salmon Fly um, Museum. Mm. It is, I can't tell you how many salmon flies are in there, but it would be just, I couldn't even put a price on <laughs> the amount of salmon flies in there and how much they would be worth. You know, I've seen salmon flies sell for hundreds of dollars. And, and they are pretty. Oh, they're beautiful I flies. Mean, the guys that tie them, a lot of patience, a lot of time and effort goes into something like that. Yeah, I I was bear hunting there, and our camp was right across the river from it. And I was like, we got to go over there and check that out. And it was, I was in awe. I mean, just the whole time. And I don't fish those kind of flies. I don't, hmm. not many people do. I mean, they're more presentation flies. But Hang on the wall in a shadow box. Yeah. But, man, they, the artistry in them was just incredible. But, no doubt. I see them on Instagram and stuff like that, and they are just beautiful. And then, uh, well, I tied at the symposium this year, and every year at the symposium, it's the international symposium for fly tires, and they have guys come in from overseas, and I forget where the one guy was from, if he was from Denmark, or I forget where exactly he was from, but he teaches a class where he's from back overseas and uh, to tie salmon flies. He teaches a salmon fly tying class with your hand no vice nice tying those big layered wings and everything and tie that in by hand 
and uh and i've seen guys do it at the at the symposium and and stuff like that too tying without a vice that just amazes me save you some money yeah it would save (laughs) you some money on a vice I, I, I think I'd prefer my vice. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're going to tie new 20s. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you're not going to tie 20s. I nah. mean, I'll be have, having trouble holding them in my fingernails. but Maybe 12s, 14. Yeah, but these were mostly, you know, yeah. size big flies. four, one, you know, big salmon fly hooks. But, but anyway, uh, let's get into, let's start out with the benefits of fly tying. So do you have any benefits of fly tying? One of my benefits is, is actually when I got started into it, is I was able to tie things, go fishing, and match my wits the full trout. Yeah, with the fish. That is one of the. That's one of the things that encourages me to tie more and to experiment more. To, I kind of feel bad i'm trying to outwit something with a brain the size of a pea but that brain the size of a pea seems to outsmart me a lot of times and uh you know to experiment and try different things and try to figure out what the trout wants why it wants that and you know you learn a lot from that process so that's a big thing for me too yeah is the you know the the satisfaction that you get from beating a trout at its game i guess well even that and you had just said about that and yes their brain's about the size of a pea but i've also seen trout reject flies just because they were not proportioned correctly or thread you know oh yeah a piece of thread dangling stuff like that so i mean their brain might only be so big but they are pretty smart oh they are and and they're they're weird and like you'll be fishing and there'll be a hatch coming off and there'll be four different insects coming off in this hatch and they're feeding on one. They're yep. picking one, one, you know, your sulfurs and three other species might come off, but they're just keying on the sulfurs and they can even be so particular as they're keying on the emerger. They're not taking a dry or they're taking cripples or like that's the thing about trout. You never know what they want. And I think that's the biggest thing for me with fly tying. What I've learned from fly tying and incorporated it into my fly fishing is like mayflies, for instance, have four life cycles. Mm -hmm. So to fish one mayfly, if I want to fish the sulfur, I got to decide if that fly, if that fish today is feeding on the nymph, feeding on the emerger, feeding on the dun, the or feeding on the spinner. Spinner. Yeah. So, I mean, he can, and actually in between the emerger, you can fish the emerger as a wet, or you could be fishing it in a film. Yep. You know, so you even got an extra, you, there's so much to it that, like we just said, you know, the fish could be keying on just sulfurs that day and letting the blue winged dollars go by, or he could just be picking the ones up in the film. He could be leaving the, the duns that are floating down on the top of the water, leaving them go. No doubt. So you have to figure that out as you go, and you have to have all four flies in your box. And it can drive you crazy. It can. And that's what keeps you coming back. It can drive you crazy. Yep. Usually if I'm nymphing and there's a hatch like that coming off, I have cut 
my tag off at the top and putting mergers on mm-hmm. sulfur merger and sometimes i've made my dropper or my point fly a little bit longer so i could get my merger up in the film right depending on where they were feeding so it does it, it's it is it will rack your nerves yeah that that's the funnest part and that's what also makes you a better tire when you learn to tie all four or five stages of of the life cycle of the fly there and uh you know and the entomology of it too like knowing what the hatches are in your area uh you know i used to be better about it i don't do it anymore but i used to keep a journal when you know may 18th 1995 sulfurs were coming off on yellow creek at 5 p.m or something like that you know i would keep track of all that so i would know traditionally and i'm just making this up i'm not saying may 18th for yellow creek was going to be sulfurs (laughs) that would be too late but you know what i'm getting at i i know that traditionally around this time of the year this fly is going to hatch and memorial day green drakes you know the next week green drakes on little J or pens or you know every week it keeps going up the up the state but i haven't been that bad i used to and and i wasn't real good about it but i did keep track for a little while i just kind of go as the day warms up see what for bug activities moving around me flying around me uh the first year i got into it i got into it pretty deep i spent a lot of times downtime flipping rocks over, looking at bugs, learning how to become a better tire with the entomology and yeah. learning bugs, different ways they look. Yeah, that's... Colors. I, I'll tell you one thing that... Um, I kind of... I don't know how I'm going to say this politely. I'm a urinate fisherman, okay? I like... I can catch fish on urinate but the problem with urinymphing is I think it's, I hate to say it, but dumbed down the sport. Like you catch so many fish on it that you kind of neglect a lot of the other styles of fishing that are very productive. And a lot of, a lot of the new school guys get caught in that competition stage, you know, Hey, I'm going to catch a fish, whatever. I'm going to catch 20 fish today. Well, you missed however many fish that were out there taking taking wet flies. You know what I mean? I think we're – I know I'm going to ruffle feathers by saying it, but I think I would rather be a well-rounded fisherman than a one-trick pony. Yeah, we just had this discussion, and uh, I think this year I'm going to focus. I'm going to go back and spend more days fishing some wets. Fishing wet flies is just unreal. I mean, a lot of excitement, a lot of explosive excitement in that. Right. I I love fishing wet flies and and dry flies too. I'm not going to lie. I like to fish dry flies, but typically if a hatch is coming off, I'm usually swinging a wet under it. But, um, you know, I think that we've lost a lot of that in, in the urinymphing that there's still guys that can do it, and the guys that are really successful, you know, are have a lot of tools in their bag. But uh, I think we kind of need to pay attention to what got us where we are today and remember that old stuff. And that's kind of, 
I'm an old school kind of guy. I'm 45. I'm not that old, but I am old enough. And I've been at this for 30 years. So, like, I still like the old, you know, I'm I'm a history channel junkie. I like the old stuff. So, I like tying the old stuff. That's my favorite stuff to tie. Uh, you and I just had this conversation yesterday. And I was sitting there tying some dry flies, which is something I just don't do. Right. When I first got into it, I tied everything. I dabbled with everything that I could. And now I tie flies that produce fish for me. And local competition was coming up, and I had messaged Sean there and like, hey, uh, how's this look? <laughs> and to me, I was nitpicking, will it suffice? Uh, oh, there's no doubt about it. I especially for fish if i threw it at fish oh no doubt no fish is gonna pass nothing of it yep the longer i sat there yesterday and i finally got through one i'm like i'm gonna swing over here and try an adams catskill style yeah and i remember my wife come back and she looked at it she's like oh that's beautiful and i'm like you remember the first time i started tying these and she's like no and i'm like are you serious i was like i was ready to pull my hair out (laughs) You know, putting those wings on and stuff. And I was like, I struggled so hard at that. And then there I sat there, you know, a couple minutes, and it was immaculate. I just couldn't believe how nice it turned out. But, yeah, it's when I first started yesterday, it was a little bit of a struggle. It's something I don't do on a regular basis. So to get back into it, yeah, it was definitely a struggle there to get those techniques back in oh definitely and and i find myself doing that all the time like uh i've been doing a lot of tying for the shop filling up some boxes over at the shop and it's mostly nymphs because that's what the guys fish around my areas so i'm just tying nymph after nymph after nymph and i i've gotten to the point where now it's like i'll tie a dozen and then i'll tie two or three of something usually a streamer or something break it up yeah yesterday it was uh i just sit down at the vice i didn't have anything going on i said today i'm tying a stimulator i haven't tied a stimulator in a while i'm just gonna if it takes me a half an hour i'm gonna take a half an hour and tie it perfectly and uh you just got to do that sometimes You, you have to keep that old pattern and and I am one of the worst at it. And I'll admit, because if you look at my YouTube channel, I have, like, I think, I think I'm over 300 videos right now. And I can't tell you, probably two thirds of them are nymphs, you know, and then it's probably 200 of them are close to being nymphs. And the rest are mostly wet flies, a couple of wet flies and streamers. And dry fly is the least of them because it's the least fishing that I do is dry fly fishing. And I need to get better at that. And like I said, I sit down and tie a stimulator. And now I don't fish stimulators in our area because we don't really have a stonefly hatch in our area. We do, but it's not a productive yeah, hatch. it's not a proficient, I'll say. Right. We have a lot of stoneflies in our Tons area and they don't hatch at the same time, it no. seems. No. You know, nobody blows the whistle and says, okay, stoneflies on the bank. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's There's a lot of stoneflies, but, man, I've never fished a stimulator either. Right. And I don't know guys that do. Not here, no. I mean, you could probably get away with it in the summer. 
Oh, you could use it as a, as a hopper pattern. Oh, yeah. I think it would be a successful yeah. hopper pattern. Tied in green, you know, floated on the edges around grassy grassy banks and stuff like that. I think you would crush with it. And it's not that we don't fish dry flies. The dry flies that we got into fishing this year were a lot of CDC. A lot of CDC, out care, Very simple caddises. <laughs> yes. We're, we're, and we're not tying them for the purpose of a dry fly. We're no. tying them for the purpose of an indicator. Of an indicator. Yeah, and... Uh, but they do catch fish. Oh, they do. I and mean, what's the clueless caddis? Clueless caddis. Clueless caddis. Good. I don't know if they're... That thing should be the unsinkable caddis. No doubt. If you want to look up a fly, look up Josh Miller's clueless caddis. I'm gonna yeah, he just did that video not Yeah, not long like ago. a month ago. Yeah. And I've been fishing it ever since... Well, right before Symposium. It's like cork. Yeah, it is. It just, it just does not sink. No, no. And uh, you can fish a fairly heavy. I mean, I'm fishing 2.8s under it all the time, and it floats great. I mean, we are tying them once in a while. You'll get some hits on them. But. I'll tie some other stuff, but I've just started sitting down, cracking the whip. Yeah. Putting myself back on some sulfurs. Blue winged olives. I mean, stuff I don't normally fish. I I think I'm going to get back into that and kind of well-round myself. Well, that's been one thing for me that's kind of been a, an issue for me is like, there I am sitting at the symposium. I should be a well-rounded tire. So, uh, you know, and I'm getting guys asking me questions at the shop on how to do stuff and what I need to tie with it and stuff like that. So I really need to really be versed in, you know, every aspect of it. So I've been working. That has kind of been my goal the last couple of months trying to, well, I've been working with my photography too. You can see my setup back here, but, um, well, you can't see it because you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> but Pat can see it. And uh, I've been working on my photography setup and, you know, trying to capture the artistry of fly tying, but also, you know, looking at the fine details and, 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 you know, and expanding my horizons in tying. And it's been very beneficial for me to do that. Getting a macro lens on your phone really makes your fly tying that and it'll show you your flaws it does it shows them looks crazy. good to the eye and as soon as you put that little lens on there you're like what is that yeah i mean that's it is crazy and then you pull it away and you're like looking at it with the naked eye and you're just like man i don't see it yeah but i'm not putting it on instagram yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's no. that's the funny thing instagram is funny <sighs> you uh you tie a dozen flies and then you sort through them all and you pick the one and then you take that one. It's over a love hate relationship. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a lot of fun though. But it makes you a better tire. You're yeah. not just throwing crap out there if you're serious about it. No doubt. But what other benefits do you have from? Is there any other thing that you think benefits? How about cost? Do you think there's a cost benefit? Yeah, to it? we can go over the cost. The cost, you know, that's kind of a joke you see it on facebook a lot you know hey it's going to save you money no it's not going to save you money not tying for yourself or tying for your friends it you're going to get a little bit of pocket cash yeah i mean the guys that are benefiting are tying in production yeah they're tying hundreds of dozens yeah i mean if that's what you want to do that's great because that's all you're going to do i mean 
Yeah, you're, you're gonna, not going to fish very much. Yeah, you're not going to get rich doing if it. You're good at it, and you're going to come home from your job, and you're going to yeah. spend the night tying. Yeah, it's basically for me, it's self satisfaction. It's it's a relaxation for me. Oh yeah, it's one hundred percent a relaxation. For Sit me. there, flick on iTunes, and listen. Yeah. To, I usually listen to music while I'm doing it, and it's very relaxing. Yeah, and and it's it's bad because it kind of it can be bad too because it kind of does take me away from my family and my wife because when I can get into when I'm tying I usually I get into the zone and I'm zoned into my tying and that's what I'm doing. My, it's really good for me. You know, last year I had some family issues going on. My mom was sick and it got to be a way that I could escape that. Right. And, you know, for people that have jobs that are very stressful, I would highly recommend it because it's going to give you a place at the end of the day or at the end of the week if things are really crunched down on you where you can just go and sit and relax and enjoy yourself. It's a healthy escape. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is days where, You'll sit there and scratch your head, and you're just like, I cannot get this. Move on to something else, like Sean said. If you're having an issue where you can't quite get that pattern the way you want, or this is not laying the way you want, stop right there, tie a couple other bugs, boom, come back to that. Yeah, I'll be 100% honest, and I'll tell you what my issue is right now. And what I have been setting aside a time, time aside for wet fly winged winged wet mm. flies uh you know matched match pair quills and stuff like that i've i'm struggling with getting them on top setting them perfect and uh messing around with them, trying to get them a little better some some feathers i can work with okay and get them to do it nice and some of them that i just can't and uh and that's one of the things i tie a lot of times you know i tie to fish but then I'll tie wet flies just for the experience of tying and, and the beauty of tying them. And some of my favorite wet flies to tie. One of my very favorite is a, uh, man, now the thing slipped my head. Uh, it's an old school classic wet fly and it'll come to me. But anyway, it has a wing and, um, man, I hammered fish on it last year. It's a hundred year old pattern and I hammered fish on it last year and I, I'm going to look it up while I'm talking about it. But that's a, you know, I've been tying for 30 years and I still have things that I struggle on. And you're going to, when I get to that point, to something that's really just causing me nothing but grief, I just kick back and I have a box sitting there. Usually it's my refill box from a day box. And when <laughs> as I'm sitting there, I'll look at it, and when I get to a hard spot there, just to break the tension, boom, I'll look in there and be like, okay, I need four or five of these to replace from fishing the other day and rip them out and then back to what I was doing. I remembered it without looking up. Queen of the Water. Mm, Queen did of a video on that. Queen of the Water, I did a video on it. It's like a 100-year-old wet fly, and I caught a ton of fish on that swing. That was when I swung a wet fly – rig last year i had one of those on and i caught more on that than anything else Hmm. and it was 
kind of weird because it doesn't represent anything in our stream, but it caught a lot of fish. I think mainly because it's really buggy with all that ha hackle wrapped up the, the shank. Nice. So keep that in mind, queen of the water. Well, that'll be number three, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, another thing, like I said, I'm into the history of it, and I love, like, old Carrie Stevens what are streamer patterns gray ghost for me tradition a lot has to do with tradition and every year and i forgot to do it this year but every year we go to kettle creek and every year i always tie up a gray ghost to go up there and swing a gray goose and i always catch a fish on you know we're up there for like four days i always manage one fish on it <laughs> and i just forgot to do it this year but there's not much for you know Aside from salmon flies, the like Carrie Stevens kind of kind of classic streamers, I, I love them, and there's not much more beauty than some of those flies. You got to get back into streamer fishing. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely want to. I mean, I, I tied a lot of streamers. I got a lot of bucktail and stuff there. And yeah, I tied up a couple of black ghosts the other day, some small ones. I want to go smaller on my streamers this year. I think I'll do well with that. Mainly. Anymore for me, it's New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we go up to New York, tie uh, some stuff for up there, streamer like those kind of streamers. But uh, around here, I don't fish streamers a lot. Where I really like to fish streamers is like big freestones, like Kettle Creek. That's where I shine with my streamer patterns, and they're hair wing streamers like Black Ghost, Gray Ghost, that kind of stuff. What was the one you tied last year? You had so many requests, Hornberg. Oh, yeah, the Hornberg, yeah. <clears throat> that was crazy because 20 years ago when I got into fly fishing, has moved, you know, it actually been more than 20 years. But uh walked into the fly shop in there in Bedford. It wasn't even a fly shop. It was Laurel's, Laurel Sportsman. Oh, yeah, I bought and, a couple uh, guns there when I was young. Went in there, and I said to the guy, I was like, hey, what's going to work with this fly rod I just bought? And that's what he sold me. Oh, yeah. Hornbergs. <laughs> and I was like, Really? Okay, the guy that requested me to tie the Hornberg also requested me to tie Queen of the Water. <laughs> oh. But the Hornberg, man, I caught a pile of fish on that. Mm -hmm. And I probably have not fished that since I even started tying flies. And Hornberg's a, a funny fly because you can fish it as dry fly. You can pull it under and strip it and fish it like a wet fly or like a streamer. But they or, like it. Yeah. They like it. It's yeah. white. <laughs> yep. It's white and... Is there something about it? I yeah. Mean, I caught a pile of fish on them. I think that's the coolest thing about tying is just the variety. Catching fish. Catching fish, yeah. Catching fish on creations because you don't always have to tie a set pattern. Or even like for us. You know, Sean and I went and did a, a bug kick on the stream up the road. And I cannot honestly remember how many colors of stoneflies we seen there that day right i didn't realize we we saw we had seven different species of yeah. stoneflies but it was probably four different shades yeah those was, seven came in and you you know as you're tying you can actually refine that to your stream right and where if you go to a fly house or online you're going to get basic yellow right. black I mean, if you get into this, you can refine it to your stream. Yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things. And uh, what does 
Eric Straub ties one that is a sulfur pattern for the little J, and I think it's called the J bug. Mm. Is that? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's called the J bug, and it is his blend. He has a special blend of dubbing that he he does on his own or whatever, and uh, it's to match the sulfur in the little J. Like you can be that particular and go out insane mayflies off the bottom and imitate them by taking them back into your you know your tie-in bench well even around here you know your normal sulfur dry fly is a yellow Mm -hmm. and around here ours tend to be orange yeah so will yellow work it could it could get you a couple of fish and, and uh, like a pale, fish. pale morning dun's practically yep. the same thing, and it's a really, really light. Yep. So, you know, I stress that all the time in my tying videos. I teach technique, not patterns. I try to teach the technique so to you build on the technique that you learn patterns, but the patterns that I tie, I say it all the time. Find out what color works in your area. I said, here's a fly. Find out what color that fly is going to work out in your area. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of the flies that we fish as Euro nymph guys are simple thread body flies oh, yeah. or just a little bit of dubbing. But you can tweak them by changing the color. Pertagons, you know, I, the old school guys. I've had a discussion with them, and they're great fishermen, but they just can't figure out a pertagon. And I said. <laughs> Flip over a rock, see a mayfly, and set that pertagon down beside that mayfly and tell me it's not the same silhouette. And they're like, well, yeah, if it's upright. And I said, when a fly rolls through the water, where is it? Is it upright? Is it sideways? I said, at one point or another, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to show that silhouette as it rolls down through the water, just like your nymph is. Like, yeah, I guess you're right. But, you know, a lot of times I think the fish key more on silhouette than they do color. But sometimes it does make a difference. And and knowing what's in your stream. I don't know. I caught a lot of fish on Pertagons last year. I Yeah. <laughs> I catch fish. On, I mean, there's a there's one or two holes that usually when I go there, I'll, they're pretty deep. And Pertagons usually my deep water fly. I had uh, Sarah. Sarah was with me one day. We were in search of, in search of a banana. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh. We'd come out across the creek there, and there was a an older guy there with his daughter. They were fly fishing, and that guy, you know, he stopped me when we got across the creek there, and he's like, man, you're just down there banging fish there at that other hole. And I was like, yeah, we didn't do too bad. And he's like, can I ask what you were using? And I said, here, buddy, I'll show you. And when I showed him them flies, he's like, what is that? <laughs> and he just, he was a traditional kind of guy. He just, the France fly and Pertagon were not in his lingo. Right. <laughs> but uh, they do. I mean, and even France flies, you can change the color of them with thread. What for color tubing you throw over right. top of them. What thread color you throw under the different oh, color man. of tubing. Yeah. I mean, you're limitless on. Oh, yeah. It's a good, good, good pattern. Yeah. I like yeah. that pattern. Yeah, and there's another one that I honestly don't fish. I, I've just, I'm always tying, I fish it, don't get me wrong, but not as much as I do other things. And it's just because I'm sitting behind a bench all the time tying something, so I'm usually out trying to catch something on 
see what works mm-hmm. or whatever. And that one's kind of just got put to the back burner for me, but I know it's a killer fly. That's why. Yeah. It catches fish and you know it. So. Yeah. And and I think that's one of the things, too, that you'll learn as you fly fish. Like, you know, as you mature in your fly fishing, you're going to say, okay, you know, I've caught 100 fish on a France fly this year. Like, I know I can catch fish on it. Let's see if I can catch fish on this. And, you know, and you'll just switch. And and that gets put back and then you find a new, you find your new uh, go-to fly or whatever. So. Yeah, I kind of swung into Pertagons last year, and And that's primarily what I fished last year. And I went to Zebra Midges. Well, I made the switch there, so. Yeah. And I I know (laughs) they don't, I know they don't listen to the podcast, but I'm going to do a little plug for them anyway. My buddy Squeege that I grew up fishing with, his boys, and they'll listen to anything I tell them. (laughs) One time, did you ever read uh, Charlie Mack's book where he talks about the blueberry? That I'm not sure of. I forget which book it's in, but it's in one of his books, and he talks about the blueberry, which is a little um, egg, single egg, that he dyes a blue color. He would he would get white, uh, what's it called, the bug, bug shop yarn. He would get white mm-hmm. bug shop yarn, dye it blue, and make a little blueberry. His reason for it was that, is they did a test with salmon somewhere and as the salmon started to die as he continued to die the last color that he could see was blue so he fishes a blueberry because the last color they're going to see is blue so they're always going to be able to see blue and charlie mack did real well on it he claims and uh, so i tied a whole bunch of blueberries and i gave them to squeege and i said i told his boy i said here try this so he said Charlie Mack says they're a killer in his book. And so I gave him some, and he fished it all year long, and I don't know if he ever caught a fish on it. <laughs> so his other boy this year, I, we were out fishing, and I ran into him. I said, here, I said, you put this on, you're going to catch fish. And I gave him a little white zebra midge. And I talked to him at church the other week, and he said, he listened to you. He said, he won't put anything else on. And the other day, he caught 30 fish on that white zebra midge. <laughs> Is that the one that was out today? We were streamer fishing. Yes, the day we were streamer fishing. Yeah, mm. we ran into him. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and I, I gave him, that was the day I gave him the zebra midge. Just to back you up on that, that first year we went up New York, I tied blue eggs, and they are still in my box. Yeah. Well, I cannot catch a fish on a blue egg. Well, now I catch, uh, yeah, I don't catch them on blue eggs, but my steelhead candy, I tie that in yeah, blue, and blue. I catch a bunch in that. So, I don't know. I mean, it's... I think it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's all personal preference, and you're going to fish it harder if you believe in it. No doubt. So, I guess that's it. you got to believe in it. Make yeah. it confidence. Yeah, and confidence comes with experience. Yeah. Anything else you want to add about fly time, why you want to do it? or uh, Not off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, I think I pretty much covered all the topics that I wanted to discuss. You know, don't think that you're – Turn this off if your wife is listening right now. <laughs> you're not going to save money by fly tying because you're always going to see a new pattern that you want. And you're going to go out and spend it. You know, that's what keeps me in business right now. You know, you see a new pattern and you got to come in and get it off the wall at the shop there. But uh, you're not going to make, you're not going to save money by fly tying, but you're going to expand your knowledge in the sport, uh, be a more proficient fisherman 
you become a more proficient fisherman by becoming a better tire for sure because you're going to understand the aquatics and you know the the ecology of the stream once you pick all that up and and that's why i have kind of i used to be a diehard bass fisherman i fished the bass tournaments and everything and and uh i've really just migrated full full bore towards fly fishing because there's so much more i i feel that i can learn or be learned from fly i'm always learning you know i've been doing it for 30 years and i don't know half of hmm. uh, you know of some other people out there so there's always something to learn and fly tying makes it just full circle yeah i will say this though even for us you know we got together before we started the podcast and some places were having meet and greet kind of things fly time nights you know uh beer and bugs or whatever yeah. and we have bugs and beards and at the shop if you know you cannot make it to ours that's fine that's great look around your general area and see if there is places like that even if you think to yourself i cannot tie flies look at this abomination yeah <laughs> i mean to get out with other guys that are tying they will teach you they're more than welcome i mean they will welcome you in and pass advice different things to get you on the right track they're not going to make fun of you point it out and laugh at you i mean we all started there right in the beginning and, and i shared a video on my facebook page not too long ago that was uh how not to get kicked out of a fly shop hmm. and i don't know if you watched that did you watch that when i shared that or not i'm sure it, it was really funny and it was kind of comedic there was some comedic things in it i got a good chuckle out of and but there were some really good points in there too and one of those was you know find yourself a fly shop in your local area go in and ask questions if they're not willing to help you leave th yeah you shouldn't <laughs> be there and yeah. you know if you know a fly shop that's you know that's why we're in business that's why Holsinger's fly shop is what it is because you know the customer we want to help people we want to help people become better tires enjoy the sport just like we do we want to share our knowledge and if you're not finding that you know your fly shop go to another one and uh you know, the funny thing, I'm going to say it because I just rolled whenever I heard it. If they sell bait, it's not a fly shop. <laughs> uh, <coughs> I walked into the shop today and, you know, just being sick and stuff here recently, your dad's like, man, who are you? I was like, hey, you got any worms? <laughs> I said, I'm a bait fisherman. He kind of just chuckled and... Mm -hmm. Not, yeah, that's kind of a personal thing. Yeah, I do have <laughs> I, I do have the garden hackle fly in the fly box there. <laughs> but it doesn't squirm, so But yeah, definitely get out. Yeah. Meet people. The fly fishing community is a great community. It is. And and before we close here, I will say go to the fly shows too. You know, if oh, yeah. you have a local fly show or travel to one of the fly shows to get to see one. And do not be afraid to approach us up there at the table. You know, that's what we're there tying for. You know, I tie at the symposium and some of the other shows. And, you know, I tie probably five or six shows a year. And I'm there to help you guys. You know, 
that's why we have those shows to to increase the sport and to help you guys out to help you become better tires and and learn so do not be intimidated whenever i started really getting into it you know i looked up to a lot of those guys that i'm now sitting beside and i was embarrassed or you know shy too shy to go up and talk to sometimes and and they're crazy because now there are a lot of my friends but you know we're just the same as same as you sitting there listening to us you know i'm, I'm i well, put my through, pants on one leg at a time just come up even and talk through to me. facebook social media instagram don't be afraid to message them people they will respond give you tips to try to help you out and right you know, one thing great about social media is you could post pics back and forth and be like, hey, how's this look? And, you know, they're there to help you. Yep. Yeah, and, and if you're if you're on one of those sites, be honest, but be respectful. Yes, yes. You know, when you, when you say, oh, well, that'll fish or that dog will hunt, <laughs> and you're just trying to be nice, you're not really being honest and telling the guy, Hey, you know your your abdomen shouldn't be as thick as your hook gap. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. It happens. So, yeah, it happens, especially for a beginner. Right, for the beginner, we're, you're always going to make those mistakes when you're a beginner. And 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 like we talked earlier in this podcast, we don't tie. You tied how many flies trying to trying to tie up the dry fly that you're looking for to send in. And well, it's actually it's. It's kind of funny you just said that because it was must have been over the summer. We were moving, moving into a new house and moving to fly fishing stuff. I finally got a room for my own fly fishing stuff. Pretty nice. And I found this fly box and I'm like, man, whose is that? And I opened it up and I looked in there and I'm like, man, who tied these flies? <laughs> I'm like, that is horrible. And then I realized when I first started tying flies, that was my fly box. Yep, you got to start somewhere. And to me, then, I thought they looked good. Yep. Now that I've been doing it a lot longer, and I know proportions better, and I, when I look back at that, <laughs> yep, you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh two, three years down the road, you're going to be like, wow. Yeah. What did I do? Yep. <laughs> but anyway, I think we covered everything there pretty well and that was a fun one for me to talk about and you too because we like the tie so you know i want to do more discussions on tie and get some guys in here that definitely want to get some tires yeah get some tires in, change up the discussion a little bit and you know maybe try to give some tips sometimes it's hard to give tips on Mm. tying over a podcast but yeah more of a video yeah you know and that's what youtube's great for so unless you're struggling if you're struggling you know drop us a line send a message say hey could you guys talk about this in a podcast or in a video yeah and don't be afraid to walk into a shop and ask i mean i can still remember i was struggling at the time i was younger and i was pretty young probably in my 20s at the time and uh eric straup had a shop down on spruce creek and i walked in and said eric i said i'm having trouble tying trying dry flies i said can you show me how to tie one can you show me how you tie yours and he's like sure he said tie a parachute the easiest way to tie and you're gonna they're gonna fish great he sat down and showed me how he ties his parachutes and you know i'll never forget that but th- that's the kind of thing 
that's what a fly shop's there for. You know, we got at my shop, especially at dad and I shop, um, dad's got all his material sitting there. I have mine at my studio. That's where I shoot my videos at, but dad has a lot of material sitting there in the, in the shop that, you know, if he's there, he can go over and show you how he ties. I can show you how I tie if I'm there at the shop that day. And, uh, that's what a fly shop's for to, to help you learn. So, you know, if they can't teach you how to do something, they shouldn't have it on the wall. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, there you go. Anyhow, I think we and about if it's hanging on the wall and it's got dust on it. You don't need it. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So, I think we about got her covered here for oh, the yeah. day, and we're about out of time. So, um, like always, guys, check us out on our social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram. Uh, like us on those. And uh, like our Bugs and Beard podcast page, and we have the Bugs and Beard group on Facebook. We do uh, we post a lot more on the Bugs and Beard group. Yeah, group. yeah and uh, kind of save the podcast page for our podcasts. And, uh, you know, we do a lot of sharing, and that's where, you know, sharing flies. Yeah, there you go. You're talking about fly tying. Yeah, yeah that's a great yeah. way to expand, you know. It's a great group of guys on there, so go on and like our group there. Join the group and you know post honest guys right there there's usually no bs yeah not really there's no haters no it's a it's a small smaller group and it's a it's a good group yep. so you know find things like that and uh find a good fly shop you know wholesingersflyshop.com yep there you go this is a good one i plug my own self there but anyhow um also you can find us the podcast on your favorite podcast listening apps like stitcher and itunes and uh until next week guys um or whenever you hear the next the next issue of the bugs and beard podcast uh i'm sean holsinger and uh pat smith here with us and uh we'll look forward to bringing you another topic or another guest see you next time see you later Thank you for listening to another episode of the Bugs and Beard Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by WholesingersFlyShop.com. Head on over to the website for all your fly fishing and fly tying needs. Plus, you can also find a link there to the Wholesingers Fly Shop YouTube channel. The channel is full of information with over 250 videos covering fly tying and fly fishing techniques geared towards making your time on the water more enjoyable. From all of us here at the Bugs and Beer Podcast, we hope you'll subscribe to our channel and tune in next week as we discuss the sport we love so well. Until next time, get out there on the water and tight lines.